This is Babs Rolls Ivy, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. That's my man. Y'all know I'm a huge James Brown fan. Welcome to Love, Babs, Love, Talk. I'm Babs Rose Ivy. I'm supposed to be doing this now, right, Harry? This is the deal. <laughs> you know, the adventures of live radio is that you really don't know what each day will bring you. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Love, Babs, Love, Talk. I'm Babs Rose Ivy. I'm in my seat, feeling good. In the neighborhood. You know, I'm broadcasting live from uh, New Hallville. Don't let people tell you about New Hallville. Let me tell you about New Hallville. I'm trying to look and see if my, my face looks ashy. I don't think so. <laughs> I think it looks fine, 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 fine. Fine. And if it does, you know what I got? I got a little, I got a little something here that oh. Uh, Put a little something on it. Take away that. Now, this might make me look shiny like a penny. Now I'm a genie. <laughs> now I'm a lamp. Now I'm shined up. <laughs> I can't win. There's no winning. All right. That's all right. I'm shiny. Oh, Lord. Look at that shine. How's everybody doing? It's, what is it? The middle of the week? It's Wednesday. So we are we are closing the inner city office at 55th Street this week. The movers are coming. We're gonna find a new office space, but you know, we're over there at 55th Street, which we've been over there for. Oh God, we've only been in two places, Eld Street, E-L-D over there and uh off of State Street. Um, they were two, they were there two years, but they were there a year by the time I showed up. Um, and then uh, 55th Street in different parts of that building for the last 25 years or so. But it's time for us to go because the new owners, so many problems. So just, I think I think my boss just had reached his threshold. And you know, my boss, John is an easygoing guy. Not too much rattles him, you know, 
He is he is a mild man and easygoing God. Everything is in stride with him. You know, he's a Capricorn, so I think it has a lot to do with it. Um, he takes everything in stride, just everything in stride. But I think this this these last owners have worked his last nerve. And then I think the um uh I think on top of that and the revival that happened. There's a there's two churches in the building. The first church is downstairs. We never hear them because they're not, you know, even if we even if they're there, we don't hear them. Even if they're having Bible study, we don't hear them. Every now and again, we hear their revival, but their revivals are in the evenings. And if John is there later, if I'm there late, we hear it. But the people that moved in next door, the church that moved in next door, these people had a damn revival at eight o'clock. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday in the morning from 8 to 12 every day for three or four days. I, I didn't understand this. I don't know who all could show up. But these people must not have jobs or nothing. And it was loud as hell. It was as if you were sitting in the Yale Bowl concert, some old mess. Ugh. So I think I think my boss just had it. I think he just had it with the dynamics of the management. But anyway, so I'm I'm going to just, I'm already working from home. So I'm going to work more from home. And then, uh, and then he'll find a space and we'll either gather or whatever. But, you know, knowing my boss, he might like not having a space. But, but then I think he likes having a place to go to outside of his house. Because, you know, <laughs> everybody likes to leave their house. Even though it seems attractive to stay home, it's it, it can it can be a bit much to work from home and not leave your house. You know, I, I probably will like working from my house in the winter, so I don't have to drive anywhere. I will probably like that. <laughs> but then I know that uh I would like to. I have a bump right here. You see that bump? I think it's a bug bite. Uh, but then I, I know I'll I'll need to leave my house and go work somewhere else, you know. But we'll see, we'll see, we shall see. I I might I might like it too. I might still, you know. I might I might like it. So I mean I I already like it. I mean what am I saying? I might like it. I already like it because then I won't have, I don't have to drive across town. So there's something to, to be said for that. And you know what? If I'm here and I can get my work done and I don't have to drive anywhere, when I'm done, I could go somewhere. You know what I mean? Like I could go and have my own time. I, I think so. I'm working it out. We'll see how it goes. So I have a desk here. I don't know if two computers could fit on this desk. I need another thing, but we'll see. I'll figure it out. I'm bringing home my, uh, my Mac tomorrow. And we'll plug it in and we'll see what happens. <laughs> I'll plug it in. We'll see what happens. And uh, that's where we are. So anyway, happy Wednesday. What is going on in the world? So I see Hunter Biden goes to, goes to court today and pleads out whatever and does some rehab or whatever and can't have a gun and whatever. I, I, I don't know why these Republicans are so hell bent on this. They just kill me. <laughs> I'm like, 
Hunter Biden is not your problem. <laughs> These Republicans are stupid. Like y'all are hanging your hat on Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden, you got Donald Trump who's a gazillion times indicted. You got Ron DeSantis who is trying to roll back emancipation. Uh, you got the Texas governor throwing barbed wire buoys in the water to harm people. Like, what the? Hunter Biden? <laughs> you got, uh, oh my God, y'all got so many problems. But I guess if you don't want to focus on your problems and you think the Hunter Biden is a thing that really will get people wound up, all right, go with it. What am I going to say? I mean, you, you work it out. I mean, I just, you know, and then they want him to go to jail. Why would you, you know how much money would, you know how much money would cost to house him in jail? They never, for them to be the, the party of so-called budgetary restraint, restraint, they're not thinking about this logically. You know how much money would cost taxpayers to send Hunter Biden to prison? You know what it would take? Do you know how much um, 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 security he would need around him? And not because anybody would do anything to him, but because he's the president's son. He can't go anywhere half the time by himself. No way. Y'all cut it out. Y'all got nothing else to do. Yeah, see, they can't govern, but they can't stir up mess. They're good at that. Anyway, I had a good conversation with a good friend of mine, Karen. Um, Healy, who is uh, an attorney in West Haven. Well, attorney, she lives in West Haven. She's an attorney in New Haven. And she is uh, crafting a, a program to help uh, folks uh, get ready for the bar. And her thinking is you get ready for the bar your first year in, in law school, not, not in your three years in law school, but law schools don't tell you that. And so what happens is people finish up their three years, get to graduation, and they go take the bar and they got to do 16 hour days over a month trying to cram all that stuff in to go take the bar and the majority of people don't pass the bar the first time so she would like to alleviate that mess and get people to pass the bar first attempt but you have to study early and you have to figure you have to really understand how you learn and then build that into uh and, and she has a a, a a product that'll help you do that so i'm gonna be her guinea pig if i get into law school when I get into law school. So so she's only three years. She's, six, she's 63. I'm 60. And uh, and she's excited for me to go to law school. <laughs> I love all the excitement that people have about me going to law school. Because that really does. People's excitement about me going to law school is the wind beneath my wings. It really is. Because when I started this, I just had a dream. I had a dream. And then, and then, and then I got a little freaked out. <coughs> and now I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm fine, but you know, I haven't been able to study for the last couple of weeks because I've just been paralyzed. And so I got to get out of that and get back into it. And I think because one, I don't have my laptop and my laptop is my anchor. I have my desktop, which is a pain in the ass to study on my desktop because it's not mobile. But my um, but my desk, my laptop is mobile and it's not finished. I want to text him and find out. Are we? Are we there? There? Where are we? You know, 
and uh, see if I can get it. Uh, so, so yeah, so I'm, I, so anyway, talking to her yesterday was such a, it was just a little bit of uh, inspiration I needed. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes, sometimes you don't even know that you need inspiration. You just feel a little antsy and then you get a little, a little hit of inspiration. And then you're like, okay, I'm clear. And she just spoke some good words over my life that I just, it just made a difference. I mean, she just was so encouraging and reassuring and just like matter of fact, do you know what I mean? And it just made me feel good. <coughs> so thank you, Karen Healy. I, I appreciate the words you spoke over my life. That it was really a blessing. It was such a blessing. You know, I, I just appreciate you. So, so thank you for talking to me yesterday and, uh, and I feel good. So let's see, I, I'm, I'm going to do my best on these damn LSATs, but my LSAT is not going to get me into law school. It's going to be everything else that'll get me into law school. It's going to be everything else. You know, I, I, I'm not even going to try to compete. These young kids are coming out of colleges they're prepared they're ready to take nails out to get in high scores um, and i'm not whining or complaining or, or begrudging them i just know i i bring something to the table i bring something to the lsat i bring something to the law school environment um that i think would be beneficial i don't know what it is but i know <laughs> i know it'd be beneficial <laughs> I know it'll be beneficial. So I'm still excited. I'm still looking forward to it. I'm nervous. And I like being nervous because if I wasn't nervous, I don't know if I would be caring. So this is this is a, this is a nice feeling to be, you know, a little bit of butterflies and like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God, you know. So, you know, uh, all is well. So uh, I got to tell you, at 10.15, I've got Lisa Jones coming on. She's the founder of Black Travel Maine. She's coming on, and she's got, she's got some events coming up, an event coming up, a week-long um, press junket for Black Travel Maine in Maine, in Portland. So I'm going up on Friday. Uh, so I'm not going to be here. I'm going up on Friday uh, for the weekend. So I'll be there Friday, Saturday. I can't stay up there a whole week. Um, so, I, you know, I wish I could, but I can't. So I'm going to go up. Uh, I'm going to go up. Ife and I are going to go drive up on Friday morning. We're going to get up early, early. We need to be up there by noon, which is fine. It's like a four, three and a half hour, four hour ride. Four hour ride to me. You know, it's, it's just like driving to Woods Hole, I guess. You know, we've been to Maine, so it's not like I've never been there. So we drive up to Maine and uh taking the festivities and they've got a nice itinerary of things planned uh black history stuff because this is about black maine and black and maine has a a, a rich black history as does just about every state in this country you know i would say every state in this country has a rich black history um and so there's a freedom trail um there's going to be some talks and music and food and so it's going to be stuff so we're looking forward to it. So we go, we're going up on Friday. We do Saturday. We will come back uh, 
Uh, we'll leave Sunday morning because I've got tickets to the WNBA game at uh, Mohegan Sun on Sunday at one o'clock. So we're going to make that. Uh, I've never been to a, a women's, a professional women's basketball game. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this. So, you know, and I, and I've been wanting to go for a minute. So this is another thing I get to cross off my, uh, my Babs uh, destiny list. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. So uh, listen, do all the things. So and that's the weekend. Uh, tonight I'm going to the, uh, the Puerto Rican, um, I'm going to the Puerto Rican uh, gala tonight. Uh, Lucy Gelman is getting an award and I'm going to rep the uh, arts council. So I am, uh, I am uh, very excited by that. And, uh, and I appreciate uh, going to support her. So I will be there uh, at the uh, PRU gala at, uh, I think it's at Anthony's or Amaranti's, well, it's somewhere. Somewhere, somewhere in the North Shore, on the East Shore. It's at Anthony's. So I'll be there uh, at Anthony's. It'll be nice. And uh, it's the uh, anniversary of uh, Karen and Kevin Walton. Happy birthday, Dr. Karen DeBowles Walton and Kevin Walton. I've known them for a very long time. Um, so happy anniversary. And they're celebrating tonight, which I don't think I'll get opportunity to get there for their celebration. Um, so I'm gonna be bummed by that, but that's all right. They know I love them. I wish them a uh, happy anniversary early this morning and uh, many, many, many more years of love and affection and joy and community and friendship. So so that's that. That is uh, That is my Wednesday. I'm very pleased by. Let me see what's on the, uh, let's see what's on the, uh, on the horizon. What's in the news other than Hunter Biden? <laughs> other than Hunter Biden. <laughs> oh, so City Dems endorsed Elica for third term. All right. Um, first New Haven babies get their bonds. Okay, that's up on the New Haven Independent site. Um, oh, we have we have some. What do what what to do with two closed school buildings? Oh dear, West Rock Stream Academy. They're closed. Huh. Um, so uh, if you ask Honda Smith, older Honda Smith, she'd like to put those two now vacant former public school buildings. Uh, uh, the ex-Clarence Rogers School on Wilmot Road, um, back to use by creating black box theater for family-friendly programming, a rental space, a second community center, and an all-boys charter school. Ooh, that's a lot. I know there's been some talk about an all-boys charter school. I don't know. I don't, I don't have any thoughts on that yet. I mean, on the one hand, I get it. On the other hand, I'm like, well, the world isn't like that, but but maybe that's what you need if you got to, I don't know. When I hear all boys, I always think they think girls are the problem. And when I hear all girls, I think they think boys are the problem. And neither of those are true. It's, it's just 
what we're willing to ha- what kind of conversations we're willing to have with young people. I don't know why we have such a hard time having inter inter interrelational conversations with young people. I don't know why that's so difficult. Why do we do, why do we shy away from that? And we just want them to be to arm them with the right tools and conversation is to give them the tools they need to be safe. But I don't know why we don't do that. You know, we 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 have all we have every other kind of conversation about but the necessary conversations. I hear somebody on the loudspeaker outside driving through the hood. I don't who is driving through hoods at nine o'clock in the morning. Most people are at work. Maybe they're not. I don't know. It's loud. What is that? That's the strangest thing. It sounds like somebody is like, come out, you're under arrest. Did I hear that right? (laughs) I can't get off air to go look outside. (laughs) It's got to be on this. It's like right here. Or maybe I didn't hear that right. I don't know. I don't hear it now. But it sounds like they said, but they don't do that. That's only in the movies. They wouldn't like be on somebody's street loud talking through a loudspeaker talking about, come on out, you're under arrest. Would they? I don't know. I heard it. Maybe that's not what I heard. That's weird. I don't hear anything else. So either they were driving by or I didn't hear what I thought I heard. That's weird. Anyway. I don't know who that is. Uh, what is the world coming to? What is the world coming to? Anyway, I'm just going to mind my business. I'm in the house, so I can't see anything. So I don't know what I don't know what is happening. Uh, I'll leave it alone. Anyway, boys and girls, dudes and dudettes. It's uh, it's Wednesday, and it's not a bad Wednesday. The weather looks pretty good out there. Although, uh, paying attention to the weather, it the water in Florida is 110 degrees. <laughs> it's 110 degrees in the in the waters of Florida. Who is getting in that water? That's hotter than a hot tub water. That's not even refreshing. So it's hot. There's a heat wave going in the country right now. I think we're going to get some of it. Well, it's going to get hot and hazy, but I don't know if we're going to get, we're not going to get the kind of heat wave that's the, uh, that's grip, gripping the, the country, I don't think. You know, we're just going to have hot, sunny weather. Uh, today's going to be 87, tomorrow 91. Tomorrow's going to third chance of rain. Uh, Friday 92, Saturday 91, and then Sunday back down to like 81, 82, 81, 80 throughout the week. So I don't know. This has been a crazy, 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 crazy weather summer. It's 72 degrees right now, uh, wherever you are, 72, 73, depending on where you are. And the high is only going to be 87, which is hot, 
you know. So so I had to make my way to Anthony's, at, I guess, by 6. I'll get there early enough so I can park somewhere. And then as soon as Lucy gets her, I don't want to stand there all night. As soon as she gets her award, I'm leaving. <laughs> I just don't want to. I know it's going to be a long night. Oh, I don't enjoy award things anymore. I used to. Uh, but, you know, I love a good gala, so you know, that might not be a bad idea. I don't know if I'm going to wear anything long. I got some short, sparkly stuff that I could, I could definitely wear and rock. We'll see what happens. You know what I mean? Like maybe some sparkly pants and and uh, I'm not even gonna go have my makeup done. I'll just throw a lipstick on and some colored moisturizer, some tinted moisturizer. That's this is not an event I want to get all dolled up for. Not that they don't deserve it. Just I'm not into it. Plus it's Wednesday and it doesn't mean anything, but I'm just saying. Anyway, uh, what else is going on in the news? Let me catch up because, you know, I'm I'm just floored by so many things, you know. Uh, go ahead, Honda, do your thing. I mean, if they got two empty buildings, why not, why not turn it into something, you know? Why not turn it into something? Uh, oh, we got a new assistant superintendent hired. Okay. Uh, Christina DeNegre. She's the uh, next uh, head of instructional leadership. Okay. Cool. Get everybody hired. Get everybody, uh, get everybody hired. Get into it. Uh, the Housing Authority details path to more, to more housing. Somebody's got to be thinking about uh, affordable housing. And I'm not looking at the comments. The comments, some of these comments are just ridiculous. You know, they're just, they're uninteresting and they're uninspiring. And they just, they just sound stupid. So I'm not, you know, I'm skipping the, the comments because I know there's just going to be, we hate her or who is she or blah, blah, blah. Or, let's, let's do this. And oh, they shouldn't be developing. Who the hell should be developing housing? Who? No one wants to say that. You know, who 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 should be developing housing, affordable housing, and affordable housing always seems to be the tool the 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 term that is questionable. You know, affordable to whom and affordable by whom, right? And 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 they're they, you know they just they just have they not seen how public housing has changed and looks so very different. Have you, have you, uh, ha, ha, has anybody, they don't take, they just, they're just popping off at the mouth. I'll let them, you know, so whatever. I don't, don't read the comments unless you are annoyed because some of them are never really about anything worth talking about. There's a few people that get in there and mix it up pretty well and, and, and talk with some authority and some credibility, but everybody else is just armchair quarterbacking you know i don't got no patience for that and you know how i feel about people not using their own names but that's neither here nor there but people are there's a lot of comments so there you go so it, i i i will say 
that if people are commenting that this is something that people care about. So if people care about maybe out of the foolishness of the comments, that's some real, some real comments you could hear that might be useful. I doubt it, but I, you know, I, I, I'm hopeful. I am hopeful. So if you, if you so inclined, go in and get, go over there and weigh in. Throw your throw your voice in the arena. I mean, if you got something to say, go say it. That's what I'm gonna say. You know, if you feel like, you know, if you're like me and you can't stand it, eh, be quiet. But if you're not like me and you have something to say, go say it. Just log in, state your piece, log out. It's the public square. Online is the public square. So. I don't know if there's any more news on um, Elon Musk exiting out Twitter. <laughs> I still have a Twitter, Twitter. I still have the Twitter on my um, on my Twitter. I still have the bird. Uh, you know. Uh, Anyway, I'm just just uh, looking at all the uh, Twitter. So I, it's not, it's still there. I guess they are, uh, I guess they are uh, making some changes. I don't know if people like these changes or not. I don't know how the other, the Facebook Twitter wannabe is doing. I think people, um, ran over there and then it just sort of died out. I haven't heard anything else about it. You know. I haven't heard anything else about it. So uh I'm just saying. So anyway, I'm I'm on Twitter. I'm looking at yesterday's USA Today Twitter feed. And somebody left their baby in a uh in a car. I, I don't know why people continue to do this. There's a couple of things I want to talk about. Um, I don't know why people continue to leave their baby in hot ass cars. I think, I think at this point you just want to kill your kid. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know how many times we have to go on TV and say, "Don't leave your child in a car and go in the store, even if it's for two minutes." And this is a little baby. I, the 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 they, the parents must have went in the grocery store. Did they leave the air conditioner? First of all, your baby is your. I, I don't know what to do about this. I don't know what can be said or what must be done to get people to not leave their kids in hot ass cars. I mean, there's been PSAs. Plus, first of all, if you get in your car, you know it's hot. It's hot. It's hot for you as an adult. It's hot for a baby, and a baby's not going to last that long. I I don't I don't understand this. I just don't understand this. And when I and this is a little baby. Crazy, 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 crazy. So uh, I don't know where this is. I was trying to figure out where it is. You know, Twitter. You can't really. 
it, it doesn't tell you where it is. But these people are working diligently to break this child out of this car. You know, and it's just terrible to leave a baby in a car like that. And this baby is red as hell. This baby was going to die. And I know parents are like, oh, I'm just running in for a few minutes. And, oh, but the air conditioner wasn't on. So I, I don't, I don't understand this. I'm going to leave it alone. Stop leaving your kids in hot ass cars or go to jail. And people have done it. I remember there was a story a couple of years ago. The man was supposed to take the, the babies to set of twins to, to daycare. He goes to work and leaves the and gets out the car, wasn't thinking, and leaves the kids in the car all day. Comes back and the babies are dead. And I I remember when 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 Brianna first arrived, she was three. I remember every day I put her in the car and I was supposed to drive her to, to Sacred Heart. <laughs> And I drive all the way to work. And I turn, I turn around and be like, oh my God, you're in the car? I didn't get to drop her off. Because she was so quiet. I forget to drop her off. But I didn't get out the car and leave her in the car. I just look back and be like, oh shoot. And I did this like three or four mornings in a row. That's when she first called me mom. She's like, mom, you have to turn. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, thank you. I was like, oh, she called me mom. You know, it was weird. So anyway, I, I, don't, I don't know what people be thinking. I don't know how you leave a kid in a hot car, particularly when we're in a heat wave. We are in a heat wave. The grocery stores are air conditioned. Bring the baby with you to the air conditioned grocery store. Don't leave the baby in the hot ass car in a heat wave. Or heat wave or not, don't leave a baby in the car. Period. Oh my God. <laughs> and I remember having a baby, you know, Margot Khalil were babies, uh, but Margot first because she was here first. I'd have to, if I went to the convenience store, you know, you have to get them out the car seat. Get them out the car seat. Take them into the store, pay for your gas, or get what you're going to get and come back out. I mean, you had to do that in co for convenience stores. Unless they had an outside thing, and you could just run to it, you know, because you're still outside with the baby. But it's, and I get it. I get the challenge of it. I, Lord have mercy, I get it. People leave their kids in cars all the time. The casinos are full of parking lots with kids in cars you know, overnight and all this other kind of stuff. Um, uh, people need kids in the car all the time for job interviews because what are they going to do, right? You don't got nobody to watch your kid. What are you going to do? You can't bring them in there with you and 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 beg them to like sit still while I get through this interview. Well, you're going to leave them outside in the lobby. You can't do that either. Painful. Now, the next thing I want to talk about, I, I don't know where this happened, but these police officers, I have to go look this up because I saw it on Good Morning America. Uh, these police officers pull over this woman, young Latina woman, 
for some road rage thing. I guess she was, I don't know what the story, they just said road rage. So they pull her over at damn gunpoint, but they parked the police car on the train tracks. These are the stupidest police officers I've ever seen in my whole life. And I and I I don't I don't understand how this happens. So anyway, they pull the woman over, make her get out of her car, gunpoint. It's like four or five of them got a gun on her. I I don't know why they pulled the gun on her like this. I think they thought that she had a gun, maybe. I don't know. So they park their car on the train tracks and they're claiming the, the woman who whose car it is, the police vehicle. Uh, they they handcuff her and they put her in the police car on the train tracks and then the train comes and hits the damn car tears the car up doesn't kill the woman but damn near kills her so they brought up on charges in Colorado they're on trial for putting a suspect in a car hit by a train says she didn't notice what kind I what kind of damn cop are you that you're not noticing where you are it's just her I guess her defense is I'm not, I'm new. I, this is not my area. I usually police. I didn't see it. I didn't know. Uh, um, and and then the police cam shows that well, there's the police. There's the train crossing thing. It didn't light up or whatever. But but even if even if it doesn't say that, driving one on one says don't park your car on train tracks. I don't know anybody who would park their car on train tracks. If I'm on the train tracks and I have to park, I'd be like, oh, oh, let me not park on the train tracks. Let me let me go in front of them or behind them, over them, but not on them. Who, who, that's just driver's ed. She didn't notice the tracks. Yes, you did. You know when you pull on train tracks, you're on train tracks. When you get out your car, you know you're on train tracks. Are you kidding me? See, this level of stupidity, this willful stupidity and willful ignorance, deliberate ignorance, that woman could have died. You know, when you're a police officer and you take people into custody, you know what else you take them into? Care. That's that's what happens. When you take people into custody, they are in your care. Your care. C-A-R-E. They're in your care. I, you didn't notice? Then you are a terrible police officer if you don't notice train tracks and where you are. And I, I wouldn't want a police officer like that that don't notice nothing. That don't know. But you notice... You noticed her though, you put her in handcuffs. Oh, you're going to jail. You know, to a gun in the fight, hers. She explained that she was surprised the other officer was still sitting in his vehicle. Well, that ought to tell you something then, that, that what you thought was serious was not serious. You race into the scene. I don't know. They're in Greeley, Colorado. A Colorado police officer on trial for putting a handcuffed woman in a parked vehicle. 
park a police a park police vehicle that was hit by a freight train testified Tuesday. She didn't realize that the officer who had arrived before her had parked it on the tracks. After racing to the scene, Officer Jordan Stank said she quickly parked her patrol vehicle behind the other one and got out because it was the quickest way to get a gun in the fight. Hers. She explained that she was surprised the other officer was still sitting in his vehicle. Stank also said she did not notice the tracks or the ground when she squatted down to arrest a kneeling Yarini Rios Gonzalez. Was it because she was too busy worrying about the Latina woman? After the suspect was ordered out of her pickup truck, the tracks on the railroad crossing signs can be seen in her body camera from the video. You ain't, you, so you didn't see any of that? So when pressed by Deputy District Attorney Christopher J Jukes, Stank replied, I'm sure I saw the tracks, sir, but I did not perceive them. She explained that she was focused on the suspect and the potential threat she possessed and was fairly certain that the traffic stop would end in gunfire. Why would you, why would you think that? And she said, I, I never in a million years thought a train was going to come plowing through my scene. I, well, no. <laughs> Rios, the woman survived. Rios Gonzalez survived the crash, but was badly hurt, including a traumatic brain injury. So, you know, y'all going to be paying for this, right? You're going to be paying for this woman's injury and all of this for her whole life. She was arrested after a driver reported that she pointed a gun at him during a road rage incident and later pleaded no contest to the misdemeanor, menacing, uh, menacing, one of her lawyers, Chris Potts, said. Stank said she placed Rios in the other car temporarily because it was the nearest place to keep her secure, a move that is standard practice for high-risk traffic stops, according to testimony. Under prosecution questioning, Stank said she was unaware it was on the tracks and assumed the suspect was safe there. She didn't know the train was coming until just before it hit. That's why you don't park on train tracks. She walked around across the railroad tracks five times during the nighttime traffic stop, including as she put real inside the patrol car. But her lawyer said that the tracks were completely flush with the road, so a person wouldn't trip over them, and there were no illuminated railroad crossing signs or gates at the rural site. She did it. I think she acted reckless. She was just stupid. But who parks on train tracks? No one parks on train tracks. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think we make I think we make too much allowances for stupidity. I guess. I don't know. It's unfortunate. <laughs> Oh boy. Anyway, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave all the foolishness to the people who will sort this out. You know what? They are in a courtroom being tried by a jury of their peers, and their jury of their peers will make a decision. That's all I'm gonna say. I don't know what else to say about it. I I just don't know what else to say. I will say this. Our hearts and prayers go out to the LeBron James and his family. His son had went into cardiac arrest, which means his heart stopped. 
And thank God for people knowing how to do CPR um, that got a rhythm. And that's, that is attributed to saving his life. Um, and this seems to be a, a phenomenon toward athletes at this level. They train hard, they play hard, they train hard. So, uh, but he's out of ICU. You know, he didn't spend a lot of time in ICU and uh, uh, they're keeping us updated. But as a parent, I know that had to be very, very scary that your son collapses. And this is just practice. Your son collapses. Thank God for the quick thinking people around. This is why it's so important that people understand CPR, you know. And, and you can do CPR to uh, um, staying alive. Well, you can tell by the way I use my walk. I'm a woman's man. No time to talk. Sing it and, and do compressions or have somebody um, somebody put it on their cell phone and you and you compress to the beat of staying alive. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Huh? Staying alive. Staying alive. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. So anyway, our hearts and prayers go out to uh, uh, LeBron James and his family. Bronny James. Our hearts and prayers go out. And that he be up and running soon enough. I don't know. Do you, do you, do you come out of that and then go like, all right, I'm back? It, like, do you ever are nervous that your heart might give out again? Well, I guess, you know, the doctors will, they'll run all, I mean, they're going to be thorough as hell with this kid. They're going to run all kinds of tests. Um, and and they're not going to let him do nothing until they make sure all, everything in his body is tip top. And, you know, it might be he had an unrecognized, undiagnosed heart issue. And, and, and sometimes that happened. I found out a few years ago that I have an abnormal murmur you know, uh, and, uh, and I just live with it. Like, hopefully that's not the thing that kills me, but, you know, I mean, I got a lot of ish, but I've got a, um, and apparently I must've had it since, since I was a kid, since birth. So, uh, but it, it has become more pronounced as I've gotten older. But not to the point of worryation or anything like that. It's like this is you just have to be aware of it. You just have a you just have a, a murmur and it might be it seems genetic in its in its making. So I was like, all right. You know. So I'm always so I have a cardiologist. I've had a cardiologist for years and years and years. You know, because I gotta stay on top of of that kind of stuff. You know. So now I guess they'll just add this to his routine of staying on top of his heart and uh, making sure that it is doing what it's supposed to be doing. He's a young, young, young man uh, and in and in, in tip-top shape, but, you know, tip-top shape. It's tough. So, you know, but I, I know because of his parents, he's probably getting the best uh, medical attention that money can buy, you know, so... Prayers, thoughts, prayers, all of that for a speedy recovery. And uh, yeah, for a speedy recovery. That'd be good. There's a lot going on in this world. You know, I see we, we don't got another, another hostage out of Russia. We got some more over there. 
I don't know why they're holding on to these hostages. You know. I don't know why, but um, only only the diplomats and the folks who are negotiating know. Yeah. I, I follow up on the brother who walked into North Korea. Uh, I'll go and take a, I'll see if I can find that. I know his father was concerned. Uh, his father was concerned. I think he's in a wheelchair of some sort. And then I saw the piece on uh, Obama's personal chef drowns near the family home on Martha's Vineyard. Oh, that's tough. That's tough, tough, tough. So uh, that's tough. So I saw that story the other day. Young, young brother. Young, young, young brother. Um, I think his name is Tafari Campbell. He uh, he was uh, the Obama chef and then became their personal chef. Uh, but he drowned near the couple's home on Martha's Vineyard. Uh, it was a paddle. He was at the paddle border. Um, he was a paddle. He was paddle boarding, and his body was covered from the uh, Edgerton Edgar Town Great Pond on Monday. Uh, he was from uh, Dumfries, Virginia. So he was young, young, young man. So uh, I, I don't, I don't envy his parents getting that news. So uh, he was at this, he was at the White House. He was a sous chef at the White House, uh, and I guess you know they just hired him. So uh, they asked him to stay with them, and he agreed. So be a part of their lives ever since. Oh, that's too bad. Oh, that just breaks my heart. Breaks my heart. Let's see what else is happening. Uh, DeSantis got into a car accident in Tennessee. Uh, okay. You know. All right. Is he alive? I guess. Would be all over the news if he wasn't. So I'm just reading the AP AP wires because I I you know they they like to. Uh, oh, more more stuff. What is going on? Uh, oh, I'm, I'm reading all about the Obama. Sorry. Anyway, when I uh, go on break, when I come back, Lisa Jones is going to be with us, and she is a uh, Black Travel Maine. I can't wait to hear all the cool stuff that's going on in Maine and what she got planned for the for the time and all the cool stuff that we're gonna be doing. You know, that's gonna be a nice, nice, nice drive. I get up early in the morning, take a ride, get a little coffee in my system, put a good playlist on, and just get out on the highway. <laughs> Looking for adventure. <laughs> Whatever comes my way. Oh, born to be. Wow. Yes, we're going to do this thing. So, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, it'd be nice to get back to Maine. We we drove up to Maine during the pandemic and stayed at a wonderful uh, bed and breakfast. And it was beautiful right there on the ocean. Gosh, it was gorgeous. And, uh, and I, and I, my hips was still, was bad at the time. I hadn't had surgery. 
So I was hobbling along in pain, but it was gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. But I managed, Ugh, it was painful as hell, but I managed anyway. So it'd be nice to, to go back to Maine and to just be supreme, supremely mobile and able to get around uh, in the ways that I can get around. So that'd be really nice. So I'll be back with Lisa Jones at 1015. So y'all hang out, talk amongst yourself, go read the New Haven Independent, go check out some black news at inner city, the, the inner city news.com. And uh, I'll be back in a few minutes. Hi, this is Babs Rolls Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. Damn, I got it good. Now let me tell you who I am. 
words together like letter, man. Now that's dictation. Proceeding to my innovation. Not like the other MCs that are an imitation or an animation, a cartoon to me. But when I'm finished, I'm sure that you are soon to see reality. My secret technique, because I always speak with mentality. I put my title in your face, dare you to face it. If you try to come get it, yo, I'ma show you who's winning. So if you know, like I know, instead of messing around, play like Roy Rogers and slow down. Just give yourself a break, or someone else will take your title. Namely me, because I'm homicidal. That means murder. You sound like the herder, another MC. Try to get with me, I'll just break them and make them and break them and take them and mold them and make them hold up the
second hour of Love, Babs, Love Talk on Babs Rolls Ivy. I'm delighted, as I told you in the first hour, I have Lisa Jones coming on. Uh, Black Travel Maine. Hey, Lisa Jones, unmute yourself. Unmute yourself. Oh, sorry about there that. There you go. No, we got you. Oh, great. Great. I think if you turn your camera sideways, you could get a... a oh, full... good. Well, I, I don't know why I'm having technical difficulties on my computer this morning for some reason. So I have to do this on my phone. But how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Are you in Maine? <laughs> well, I had to make a detour. Uh, so I'm not right this second. I'm en route to Maine after I get off this call. <laughs> <laughs> I'm en route back there. I had to make a little detour to pick up some items that we need for this upcoming weekend. So I'm excited. Right. So tell me about Black Travel Maine. So basically uh during COVID-19 is when I discovered Maine and you know I've had a 30-year career in travel and when I got to Maine the only reason I was induced to Maine is because everything else shut down <laughs> um and there, there was nowhere else to travel and a friend of mine had taken a job in Maine working for Colby College and COVID happened and I had recently moved to New York City and everything went crazy in New York. So she's like, come to Maine. It's beautiful here. You'll love it. And I'm like, Maine, why would I want to go there? Just like everyone else says. And then 
she twisted my arm and I went up and visited and I was blown away by how beautiful Maine is, how welcoming the people were, and that it's called vacation land and why nobody knows that. And then I started digging and I discovered that nine out of 10 visitors to Maine are white. Why is that? So I started to dig into that and kind of, especially because I lived on the North shore of Long Island for 16 years. If you know anything about the North shore of Long Island, I thought Maine would be very similar to that. And I wasn't interested, but when I got there (laughs) and the people were helloing us, and waving at us and me and my daughter would turn around. Are they talking to us? (laughs) Like, you know, the people were so friendly. The food was amazing. Um, It was beautiful. The beaches were beautiful. And I just said to myself, this is something they've kept secret (laughs) and I'm about to expose it. (laughs) Um, And that's the mission I've been on. So my girlfriend and I, uh, Teresa, who works at Colby, we started this Facebook group and it really just started innocently at a, as us just wanting to share our experience in Maine and let black people know it is a destination for us. And then we started to dig in the history. What is our history with Maine? And as I dig into the history, we have a positive history with Maine. Yes, we do have, every, there's adversity everywhere, but the history in Maine is strong. And I really wanted to get that messaging out. So I started digging and, you know, we're going to, our tour actually starts at the Freedom Trail. Uh, The Freedom Trail is where the slaves, there's over 200 houses and churches in Maine that were used for the Underground Railroad. They They housed the slaves in the enslaved en route to freedom in Canada. So that those are the stories that need to be told. They're trying to erase our history. We need to be telling our history. And that's really um, also what this trip is about. Wow. Wow. So now are you living there or are you just? Yes, I do live there. I live, <laughs> I live there. Um, I actually had a uh, have a place originally when I first got there I got a place in Wells which is near the beach and that now I'm in Waterville mm-hmm. um near Colby and um I love it I can I'm actually I'm going to retire there I don't see myself retiring in New York City at all um <laughs> just the peacefulness of Maine and the beauty uh it's really where I see myself oh I love it uh, okay mm-hmm. so Tell me about how you are pulling all these folks to come to Maine this week. And, and, and so and basically we have an amazing group of influencers coming, um, including yourself. <laughs> um, we, we tried to pick some influencers from across the country that when that they're just influencers. When people say, you know, when they talk about things, people want to go. Um, and I asked a few people who that is in Connecticut and everybody said that was you. <laughs> uh, I, I asked several people and everyone said, you need to speak to Babs. So, um, and that's how that started. So we have just Nick from WBLS. Um, we have um, Love Jackie Page coming out of Atlanta. Um, we have the, D- the legendary Chris Washington will be DJing for us. You know, he does all the events in Martha's Vineyard. So we pulled him over because, you know, that's the other thing I want to really talk about. Martha's Vineyard has become so commercial, so crowded. You can't, it's not the same vineyard 
Um, and I see Maine as our next uh, big destination in terms of uh, it's time for another destination for us in the summer. Um, and why not let it be Maine? Uh, it, you see how long it took me to get a ferry reservation? I sat on hold the entire day to get a ferry reservation to Martha's Vineyard. I'm not doing that anymore. Wow. I had to get up at four in the morning. I'm not doing that. And the crowds, other than I'm going this year because I'm working there. Uh, but other than that, I wouldn't be going anymore. It's just not what are you doing. What are you doing when you, I'm, I'm be in the venue too. And I, my girlfriend runs the, um, the jazz festival. And oh, I, nice. so, so we're going to support her and, and help her run that. So I'll be there. I, I'm usually, I'm there every summer anyway. So I might as well be there for it. For that so. yeah so i um i used to go we used to take i used to take my daughter from age she's 15 now from five to i think we went till she was 10 um and she has so many fond memories in the vineyard i mean just meeting the obama girls at the ice cream like, like just so many great memories so um but i just feel it's just changed so much it's not the same it's too crowded you know, you want to be on vacation and have a good time. Mm. I actually have a group of, I am, you know, I do luxury um, curated custom tours. Um, that is my specialty now. I prefer to create my own experiences. And so I have a group of retired AKAs from Michigan, and it will be their first time in Martha's Vineyard. And I have put together an amazing experience for them. I have two houses for them on the water and private chefs and all kinds of stuff. So that's the stuff that I really like to specialize in. Um, and that's what I'll be doing in the vineyard uh, the week of the, they're coming in the week of the 14th. Um, but I'm looking to kind of move. They've never been. So um, they just want to experience it. Mm -hmm. So I get that. I feel that, you know, so all right, so you got folks coming to, to Maine, Portland. We're all going to gather in Portland. Mm -hmm. so, so give us some sense of what 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 can I expect? What what are we going to be doing? Well, we're going to be on beyond being and, black in Maine. <laughs> yes, we're going to be on boats, and we're going to be in lobsters, and we're going to be farm to table dining, and we're just going to be laughing, having a good time, and just enjoying the sights of Maine. That's really what this trip is about. Just sit back, relax. Like I said, we're going to go over to Peaks Island on Sunday for the reggae. Um, I don't know if you heard about that. Every Sunday in Maine on Peaks Island, there is live reggae. We will oh, take I'm so the boat. sorry I'm gonna miss that. Oh, ah! yeah, we're gonna take the boat over and experience that. Um, we're going to be uh, Luke's Lobster is one of our sponsors, so you know, it's gonna be a lot of lobster. <laughs> um, and I just got the farm to table menu, and I'm really excited about that because I really feel like the food, the sights, and the people are really what makes Maine. So what happens to people who don't eat lobster, who can't eat lobster? Well, if you can't eat lobster, there's other, the, the organic, the, the, that's why the farm to table, the organic chicken. When I tell you the best chicken I've ever tasted is in Maine. The food is, it's just tastes different because it's farm. I don't know if you've ever had farm to table dining. Oh yeah. But it's, yeah. it's completely different in taste than regular food. I can tell the difference. Um, so yes, there'll be other options for those that don't eat seafood, but there is a lot of seafood on <laughs> in Maine. It is on uh, the coast. So. I, I've sp I spent a little time in Maine and uh, I, I think I had halibut. Like they have a lot of halibut or something. Oh yeah. They have a lot of fish. Um, yeah. yeah. A lot of halibut. So, um, 
But just in general, all the food, I mean, when you'll be amazed at how good the restaurants are. And I think that's, a, that's something that needs to get out about Maine. It's really a foodie destination as well. Um, and then the beaches, um, you know, the beaches in Maine are beautiful. And I often hear people talk about the water's cold. It's not, a, it's not that cold. And the other option for swimming are the lakes. Uh, I've been mm-hmm. posting about the Belgrade lakes. I mean, there are so many amazing lakes in Maine. And the other day I went, before I left Maine, I went swimming in a lake. I couldn't believe how warm the water was. So, um, you know, I just want our people to experience things that they do on that level. And that's that's always been my goal in travel to expose us to things. Like I can even remember when I worked in Connecticut, you know, I worked in Connecticut for many years in um, Hamden. I was the manager of Liberty Travel and Dixwell Avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, I And I it broke my heart to see that store. I heard the store closed after I left. That store was there for 25 years. I worked there for about 10 years. Do you know that the owner came in after I became the manager in that store and asked me after the first year, I increased sales by a hundred percent. He asked me how I increased sales by a hundred percent. And you know what I told him by servicing the black customers. That's all I did. When I went into the Hamden, <laughs> Connecticut store, no, you know what they did, sold us. They sold us uh, motel sixes and everything that when a black person came into the office, those are the things they did not service them the same way they serviced white, the white customers. So when I came in there as the black manager, I said, listen, we're going to treat everybody the same. And we're not going to assume that black people don't have money. So we're going to offer them the Hyatts and the Ritz-Carlton's and all the good hotels, just like you offer the other customers. Don't assume. So when he asked me that and I told him, and then I said to him when I got a promotion to, I was promoted to Greenwich, Connecticut. I said to him, you need to find a black manager for this store. You do not put another, he put a white man, they couldn't, they said they couldn't find another black manager for that store. They put a white manager in there and shortly thereafter the store closed. The sales went down. (laughs) Um, So I've always been that one. I, I consider myself one of the first people in travel in terms of selling black people good experiences in travel. When I started in travel in 1988, we were not traveling like we travel now. Mm. Uh, My customers were all white. So I see that I've seen how travel has changed. It, you know, it started with, you know, uh, Sinbad and the soul music festivals and us just wanting to travel in groups and that us wanting to travel in groups has continued. And that's exactly what I'm continuing here. And so So you want people to consider Maine as a vacation destination, particularly black people. And Mm -hmm. and we would feel welcome there. And I mean, I've spent time, my girlfriends and I, uh, we, we rented, uh, we stayed at a beautiful inn in Maine and uh, on the ocean. It was beautiful. And we were welcome. It was a lovely experience. See that I'm telling, and that's what I want people to know, because for some reason, everybody thinks Maine is too old, too cold and too white. That's really what our people think of Maine and, and they don't think they'll be welcome there. And you know how many, you know how many people have written to me and said, are we safe there? I was like, where are they getting this information from? Well, I mean, that's not, you know, that's a real thing though. That's a real, that's a real consideration for us as black people anywhere in this country where we might not, we're not 
readily in high numbers. You know, I don't think we would say that in other places, but I mean, I would, I would ask it in Maine if I've never been to Maine or I'd ask it in Utah. I'd ask it in, in, in North Dakota. I mean, I, I would, I would ask it, you know. Well, that's, well, that's, but that's the question that's been asked of me a lot. And, and let me tell you, we've had amazing interest in Maine. People want to go, but they, you know, they just wanted to see, they want to see people like us there enjoying it. Uh, Black people want to know, like you said, that it's, they want to be invited. They don't want, um, you know, I always, I keep telling them they have to be invited. We're not going anywhere that we don't feel welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Period. That's it. That's it. But I can tell you that that's not the case in Maine and you, you've experienced it yourself. Yeah, no, I, 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 I was, I had a really good time, a really good time. And I feel very welcome. I didn't feel like, you know, right. You know, stared at or no, no, slighted or no, or service. I felt, I felt like a person. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And, And so imagine for me, I lived on the North shore of Long Island where I was just tolerated for 16 years. They didn't want me there. They didn't want us in their neighborhood. And, and frankly, I don't want to be anywhere that I'm not welcomed. Yeah. So I was so happy to move from there. You know, I, I were, we were there, I was married at the time and, you know, uh, and my husband had a practice there. So I had no choice, but to be on the North shore of Long Island. But I have to tell you, that was the worst experience of my life. It really was in terms of living around people who, you know, they describe it as the Alabama of the North. I would agree. Uh, mm. I think it's changing little by little. I mean, uh, but let's be clear. It's Suffolk County's worse than Nassau. I lived in Suffolk County, you know, where there's not many of us. Nassau County in Long Island is more diverse, but Suffolk is diversifying, but it's not. So, you know, I've, I've been at the beach where my daughter's been told, oh, she can't, I can't play with you because you're brown. I mean, all the beach in our neighborhood, the nonsense so when I took her to the beaches in Maine and all the kids are playing with her, you know how that made me feel as a mother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so these, these are the experiences that I want Black people to know about Maine, that it's not what you think. And I mean, you liked it enough where you moved there. Right, right. So that's got to say a lot. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. It does. And so, <laughs> yeah. And so, so, um, so what are you, so you, you're doing this, this gathering of folks, influencers, if you will, uh, to come and see this. And then what, what do you do after that? Like, what do you, so what we're going to have, take away? we're going to have a series of tours um, for 2024. We're going to be doing uh, another, you know, my vision is for next summer, we're going to roll out a black family reunion in Portland, you know, wow. with, uh, it's time for the black family reunion to come North. Um, we're also going to do a golf tournament in 2024. Um, and then we're going to do a fit trip, um, which is, I have a, I have a brand already called the Jamaica fit trip. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, where I take 60 to hundred people away every year to Jamaica to work out. And we do that every November. So I'm going to duplicate that experience, but more of using the land and hiking and more of nature type stuff, um, for the main fit trip. So all my fitness people, um, and then uh, there's a young lady on the trip that's coming with us uh, who's a poet. And so she's looking to do a poetry festival 
um, in Maine. And I think those are the kinds of things we're looking to do there. But also I'm gonna be expanding into the other states, um, Vermont, New Hampshire, just exposing all of the black um, history. So eventually it'll be all of New England starting in Maine. Oh, I love it. I mean, I don't I don't know if we talk enough about the Freedom Trail up north. I mean, we mm-hmm. talk about the Freedom Trail through the south and and a little bit through the uh, uh, Connecticut. And then after that, it's just sort of, you know, mm-hmm. so there is a real Freedom Trail that goes all the way up. To, to oh, Canada. and wait till you wait till you meet Dr. Um, Townsend, who's going to be addressing us. Uh, the stories that she tells me on the Black history, especially for Black women, she told me about a, a slave ship that was overturned off the coast of Maine by Black women and children. It's documented, wow. um, and that they they were. Um, she said, explained that you know how they were erased into the culture, meaning. After that, history doesn't record it, but she she says, when you look at some of the Mainers and you see that kinky hair, me and my girlfriend say that all the time. We see black in them. And she's like, that's where that comes from. Um, And so wait till you hear her stories. And then she talks about the first openly, uh, Maine was the place where they had the first KKK open, you know, whatever they take their hoods off. And the Catholics came out in huge numbers and shut them down <laughs> in su- you know in support of, of of them not going away and in support of black people so i thought that was amazing so she has some really great history to share with us about maine and how mm. um and uh, and its relationship to black people and Lisa, there are black people that live in Maine. I mean, not just you and and your friend at No, uh, no, there are. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, there, but you know what I just said to somebody, I think that the recording of, of the numbers is not right in me. I say that all the time, because if you wait till you go to port, when you come to Portland this weekend, you're going to see nothing but groups and groups. It's a huge African population. I mean, I think the Africans are about to outnumber in Portland. Like that's how the, and they, this is where I find it interesting they are taking these African refugees in record numbers. I don't know what that's all about. But yet you go a couple miles down the street and you see the white homeless in tents. And white poverty is crazy in Maine. But yet they're taking in all of these Africans and giving them homes and giving them. So I'm trying to understand that. There's some kind of, I don't know what that's all about, but wait till you see it in Maine. It's right now and then they're they're on strike right now from what i've heard they're not even eating because they want to be served their their native food the african people yes they're not even they're on strike eating because they don't want to be fed american food so um that i find interesting too in maine and i don't know what the history behind that is but you'll see there's huge and there's it's it's uh i mean the numbers are growing. So I don't know. I talked to people in Maine about it. They say all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. The State Department made some agreement with Maine and they started um, taking in refugees from Africa. Mm. So there's a huge, huge African population. You're going to see. Well, you know, come with African populations. We will come with African markets and and stuff like that where they could could get their food and... uh you know, the, the staples of their diet. 
you know how places right. you get a large contingency of people and then they start, you know. Yeah, no, there's already African restaurants and all of that in um, Lewiston. Lewiston is very um, diverse. Um, from I, I, I've been to Auburn. I haven't really ventured much into Lewiston yet. But um, from what I understand, Lewiston is where majority of the Africans are. And um, they have a lot of African restaurants. And as you said, they've kind of created their own community there. Um, but it's growing and growing. So I see I see that area becoming, you know, once you start bringing in people like that, the diversity is just going to, the diversity. And then, you know, the other thing with Maine is jobs. They have more jobs and they have people to fill them, guys. Wow. If there are anybody who's young, I don't, I don't care, looking to change careers. You know how many... Um, black professional women I've met in Maine so far that have relocated from Vir from Virginia to here. There's so <laughs> many amazing jobs in Maine. So I'm going to say that to say there's a lot of opportunity for us as well. And so sometimes have you been there, Jackie? I mean, uh, Lisa, uh, it's been about three years now, back and okay. forth. Yeah, it's been about three years now. Yeah. Um, and I really like it. I really do. And uh, I feel like you know, even my girlfriend who went there first to work at Colby, we just are blown away that the number of opportunities, because, you know, there's more people dying in Maine than there are being born. So that's the problem. Oh. They have a problem with that. They have a problem. If they don't start figuring it out, they have towns that are literally dying. The towns are because the people there are just dying off. That's a problem. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah. They have some of that going on as well. And so is your child in school? You have a young child? Is she yeah, I have a 15-year-old. She still goes to, she lives with her father full-time. Um, and so, you know, 15-year-old girls, sometimes they do better with their fathers. So she's, she does come to Maine. She was supposed to be working this summer at the Belgrade Lakes. I had gotten her a job at, the camp, at a camp on the lake. Uh, she loves Maine. Uh, so she comes a lot, but she doesn't go to school there. No, she goes to school in New York still. Okay. 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 Well, maybe you recruited a considered school in uh, uh, yeah. uh, college in uh, in Maine. Well, she she's interested in going to Hawaii. I don't know what that's all about. Oh, she went to Hawaii <laughs> twice, a fourth, fourth birthday, and then last year. Mom, I'm going to the University of Hawaii. I said, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, you're a travel. I mean, you're a traveler. So she comes by it honestly right <laughs> i was surprised when she said that i was like you're going where i have a connection to hawaii i was like what do you mean you have a connection i went there when i was four i remember the whole trip and then i went there again last year mom and i felt i said i have a, i said okay well maybe you do have a connection to hawaii so <laughs> maybe some of our ancestors have some connection there <laughs> probably <laughs> but she loves maine too she's a beach girl so she loves anywhere there's water okay okay and so, um, so you think you'll retire there? Absolutely. Um, and so the folks that are, how many folks are coming on this trip? There's going to be 25 of us total. Okay. And, um, and I'm excited. It's, it's a, it's, it's a nice group of people. I have Victoria Flory, the uh, head of digital for digital one. She's in charge of nine platforms, including Madam Nyor and, uh, she's bringing Jerry from um, News One, and we have Tiffany Smith from Madame Naor. So, I mean, we have 
we have an impressive group of people. I'm really, really, really excited. So it'll, it's going to be fun. We have Tarsha, you know, Miss Jones. Remember Miss Jones? Yes. Um, she's back on the radio, 94.7 in in uh, New York. And then uh, she has a new song out too, Calling calling All Girls. Or, so uh, she'll be on the trip with us. She's excited. She sent me a text this morning. Lisa, I can't wait. So um, we got a really nice group of people. So it's going to be fun, Babs. <laughs> oh, I, I know it's going to be fun. And I, and you know, all, all these communication people, their pictures will be flying and everybody yes. will be on social media. So yep. you, you, you'll get a whole lot of press and publicity behind this with all these people. Yeah, no, I'm, ex I'm very, very, very excited. Corin Vaughn, she's senior direct, she's senior VP of Citigroup um, Experiential. She'll be with us. I mean, I just have a really really good group of people. So I'm really, 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 I have David Lawrence. He's a music executive, um, worked 20 years for Sony and he consults for all the major labels. So, you know, we're talking about doing concerts in Maine and like just so many, the group is, so it's, it's a powerful group of minds coming together to talk and, and fellowship and network and, and talk about how we can collaborate and that's really what it is. Uh, the sales manager from um, Radio One in Atlanta is coming as well. Corianne, I believe her name. Um, uh, she's in charge of four stations in Atlanta. So, girl, we have a nice group. <laughs> I'm excited. I love it. I love it. So, how long did it take you to plan this, Lisa? Girl, I'm one of these. Um, <laughs> they they think I'm crazy because I started Black Travel Maine in February, and already, girl, I don't waste time. I'm a I'm a we don't get this done person. So <laughs> I started this in February. We have our first tour in July. <laughs> Yay. This is uh, and people I, thought I was crazy. They're like, and the, you, you put this together. And, yeah. I don't take that much time. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to it. So Ife and I are going to get up early in the morning and drive up. <laughs> I look forward to seeing her as well. Yes, I haven't she, seen her. I haven't seen her you. in years. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Seen her in years. Like I know Lisa Jones. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Okay, so, so we're gonna drive up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry we can only stay for the weekend, but I think it's gonna be powerful. However much time we get to stay and and be around folks, and, and I'm just glad that you're you're coming. So, and I thank you because I understand how valuable people's time are, and especially professionals such as yourself. So I just want you to know that, you know, you didn't know me and um, you said yes. And you have a busy schedule and you're headed to every, here, there and everywhere. So I really appreciate, you know, from the bottom of my heart that you've taken the time to to come. Well, listen, I'm all about supporting sisters. And uh, and from all accounts, from what I hear, you're like one of the best out there. And I was like, oh, man. I got to make this thing, you know, because she's put some work into this and I want to support this. And, you know, I just find this amazing. And, and and the fact that you're in Maine is is quite intriguing to me. Do you know what I mean? Like, that, I think that's because if you feel as good as you feel about it, that makes me like, OK, I'm, I'm yeah. really going to get into this. Yeah. So. And they have truly been good to me. I mean, uh, the people in Maine, the experience I've had so far, you know what it is when you get to this age. You've been through so much <laughs> that you just appreciate good people and good experiences. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's that's it. it. You, you just want peace and to be and people to treat you well. And you don't want to go through a whole bunch of 
at this point in our lives anymore. So when, so when I discovered it, it was like, wow, more people, more of us need to know about this. Yeah. And that's really what I think, I you, I think you're onto something. And I think you can grow this. And, uh, and I, and I think this could be an addition to people's Martha's Vineyard experience. Cause I, I still love going to Martha's Vineyard. Like it's still my, still one of my favorite places. And now I'm starting to think about going to the vineyard, not so much in the summer, but late in the summer when all right. the crowds right. die down, you know, like that September, right. October vibe. Like right. I'm feeling that a little bit more. But that's, the old vineyard. that's the old vineyard. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm and older now, so I don't need all that. Whoop. Right, <laughs> right, absolutely. So, and for me, the vineyard was always about spending quality time with my daughter. That's what it yeah. was for me. It's, That's yeah. always and and for her to get that black experience because she was in a predominantly white area. That and in predominantly white schools, which is why I have her. And I'm going to mention this on the radio. I have my daughter at camp. Atwood right now in Massachusetts. I don't know if you're familiar with Camp Atwater, but that's another place we need to support. A hundred year old black owned and operated sleepaway camp for our children. Oh, I did not know this. How do people don't know this? Yeah. Camp Atwater, it's called. And it's been around for over a hundred years, founded um you've got to read, you've really got and so many influential people have gone to this camp. But these are the experiences our children need. Um, you know, we have to build them up. And especially when our children are in areas where they're not, where they're tolerated and not supported. So yeah. for her to be at the sleepaway camp, I went to the visit this weekend and I was blown away um, by the camp. It's beautiful. So that was another thing I want people to know about Camp Atwater. Okay. All right. Well, y'all heard it. So get get to Googling so you can <laughs> so you can make your reservations for next year. Get your children in, in these camps with other children. So other black and brown children. I love it. Well, Lisa Jones, I so appreciate you coming on this morning. I will see you Friday. I'm looking forward to this weekend. It's already a good time. Thank you so much. I will see you on Friday. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Have a beautiful right. day. Thank Bye-bye. you, Lisa Jones. Lisa Jones from uh, Black Travel Maine. So uh, Ife and I are running up there for Friday and we'll be up there Friday, Saturday. And uh, we're going to take it all in. And you know us, we're going to have pictures galore and we'll be with the people. So so anyway, I'm on my way out. Enjoy your Wednesday. Be safe. I'll be here tomorrow. I won't be here Friday because I'll be on my way to Maine. And uh, y'all be well. Thanks, Harry. Thanks, Paul. I'll see y'all tomorrow.